everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm Carissa Robinson, filling in as host for Pastor Julie. We are so excited that you are joining us today for season six of the podcast. This season is all about reflecting Christ in everything that we do. Today, I have two ladies here joining me to unpack last week's episode featuring Pastor Lisa Harper. We have one of our Royal Palm campus pastors, Pastor Dahlia Soto, and our podcast producer, Melissa Miller. Glad to have you girls back on the podcast. Thank you for having us. It's such an honor. <laughs> hey, hearing from Lisa Harper last week, it was absolutely incredible. It was such an amazing episode. Yeah. Every time she opens her mouth, I'm inspired. Uh-huh. I'm encouraged. I love Jesus more. I love the Word of God more. It's always so great. And she talked about how obedience is like a North Star leading us in the right direction. And she shared how every disappointment and delay in her life ultimately led to her daughter, Missy, who she adopted from Haiti. It's such a beautiful story. I'd love to ask you girls, have you ever had to continue to walk in obedience to God, even in the face of disappointments or delays? Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to Lisa Harper's adoption story. I'm an adoptive mom myself. Uh, I was also adopted when I was a teenager, and my husband was adopted when he was a baby. And so when we fell in love and got married and talked about our future, adoption was always something that we had dreamt about doing. So we had three biological kids, and the natural next step for us was to adopt. And so Mm -hmm. like Lisa, we chose to go an international route for various reasons. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Uh, They call it paper pregnant when you go through the process because there's so much paperwork involved. And so with every year that we waited for a match, you had to renew Mm -hmm. that paperwork. So we had to go through the process of like the psychological evaluation, CPR, first aid, home inspections. Um, You know, there was a lot of cost involved as well. And so when you wait that long and you spend that much money and you invest that much time and prayer and energy into it, every passing year, you're like, it's going to happen any day now, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to happen any day. We're going to get that call. And then five or more years into it, we still hadn't gotten matched. And I think at that point, we're thinking, did we hear God? Mm -hmm. Was this really his plan? Were we really supposed to adopt? And so right around the time that we were just kind of navigating those questions was when the pandemic happened. And as you Mm -hmm. know, international travel shut down. So we thought, wow, well, here's our answer. We're just probably supposed to close the door on on this adoption idea. And right around that time, we got a text from someone that was in touch with a guardian at Lightem who was looking for a family for a local sibling set. And they asked if we were interested. Wow. And so we pivoted at that point in time and closed our international application, got certified through Place of Hope to uh, be foster parents. And then we fostered them for seven months before we adopted them and just jumped in. But it did not come without its wow. delays and setbacks and having to trust God through every step. And I think once you get to the other side, you realize, oh, this was the perfect timing, right? This was, it all had to line up in the perfect place and the perfect timing right. um, because the termination of parental rights hadn't happened yet. There was a lot going on on their end where they weren't 
ready yet until yeah. they were ready. And so because God had this plan for our family all along, it couldn't have happened any other way. But I feel like we only can see that when we're on the other side, right? Yeah. We have to wait until we get there to to look back and be like, okay, God, I see what you were doing there. But it takes some trust wow. along the way. Wow. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. And you know, for, for me, it was a little bit different. So my daughter, when she was 11 years old, we started to see little symptoms where she'd be in bed for days at a time. She couldn't get up. Her body um, would hurt. And we took her to so many doctors during that time, and none of them could give us an answer of what she was navigating, what she was feeling. And um, finally, we got to a doctor that was able to diagnose her. And I actually wrote it down, Carissa, because I can't pronounce it or say it. So That's a big word. It's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which is pretty much short. It's called POT syndrome. And it's if she gets up too quickly, she passes out, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, But it comes with other other things that are added on to it. And it took us on this journey of trying to balance it out, figure it out. But we have seen God in the process mm -hmm. because the growth that she has experienced as she's navigated all of these things, it has strengthened her faith. And she actually posted something the other night, which um, she was she was telling the world what she has gotten out of this season, what God has done in her life. So for a mom, as a parent, it touches my heart to know that in the middle of those difficult moments, God has shown his light. He's shown his face and, and you know, and he, he walks us through. Um, we're not alone. We're not. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so interesting how all of our stories have uniquenesses, but they're similar in so yeah. many ways. We all face delays and disappointments. And, you know, for our family, I've, I've shared this before on the podcast that we've, we have felt the Lord call us to be a foster home. And so similar to you, we opened our home to children that were removed from their biological family mm -hmm. and placed in foster care. And over the last six years, we've cared for 12 different um, babies specifically that have um, typically these babies are removed from their parents because they were born exposed to drugs at birth. And um, unfortunately, we become an expert of caring for infants yeah. that have been dealing with substance abuse um, in utero. And so that has been our journey over the last six years, mm -hmm. caring for these kids. Um, and it has been filled with delays and disappointments. That, that is a perfect way to describe foster care because it's disappointing that kids have to be removed from mm -hmm. their families in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a long, long journey of kids either eventually years down the road being able to be place back in their home with their biological families um, or eventually adopted through the termination of parental rights and adopted by a foster home or or a relative or a family member and that those two words delay and disappointment mm. is really is really what marks foster care <laughs> and it's it's unfortunate to say um, but the truth is like Pastor Lisa actually said in the episode she said hard isn't bad always right so it's good. not always bad it's actually <laughs> yeah i mean when she said that it just sat so right with me because i've actually seen god show up in the lives of these kids lives yeah. and these families lives in my own life yeah. because of the delays and disappointments that we've walked through and they've faced and and i just really believe that god uses these delays and disappointments in our life in such beautiful ways to show his his faithfulness to show right? his love for us, to show that he's always there for us. 
Um, and so, yeah, we've we've our life has been filled with lots of delays and disappointments. And the kids in our home have been, you know, they've experienced all of that, and we've watched that. But but we've come to believe that hard isn't bad, and delays and disappointments um, they happen. But God is always on time, like Pastor Julie always reminds us every time. And so, um, I I embrace the delays and the disappointments now um, because I'm used to them. I'm pretty used to them. <laughs> I feel like when we face those delays and those disappointments and those obstacles that feel insurmountable, it's really easy to question if we heard God right or not, mm, or if we're doing yeah. the right thing. And when you right. say hard isn't bad, yeah. sometimes hard is the necessary process, right? Come you think on. about Nehemiah rebuilding the walls. He faced a lot of setbacks. Hard he work. faced a lot of yeah. criticism and obstacles, and he still pushed through yeah. and continued to do what God put on his heart to do. So sometimes it's it's not an indication. And that thousands of years up. later, that's still what's motivating us, what he yeah. went through, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, this season, we are talking about how to reflect God in everything we do. But in order to reflect God's nature and character, we have to make sure our image of God is correct. And in last week's episode, Lisa talked about how she had to shift her view from God being this angry librarian to this loving father. She introduced us to a new theological term, theodicy, the belief that God is good, period. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Come on. What what stood out to you guys about this idea of having a solid theodicy? You know, I love that every single time that Lisa Harper comes, she leaves us with these nuggets. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she just leaves it behind so that we can go in and continue to polish everything, right? So I looked up that word and it says, the vindication of divine goodness and providence in view of the existence of God. Vindication means the action of clearing someone of blame or suspicion. So that's what God wants to do for us, right? And we're all going to navigate things where we felt like, God, we dropped the ball. I messed up so bad. There's no way to come back from that. Yet he wants to clear us from all blame. He wants to lift us up. And I love that about him. The second word is providence, the protective care of God or nature as a spiritual power. So this shows that God wants to protect us. And, you know, we live in a society where we're taught, especially as women, to be so independent in how we do things, right? To not depend on anyone. But deep down inside, we all have this this part to us that we do want to be cared for. And we do want to be protected. And how awesome is it that we have a God that wants to protect us and guard us? And it's so interesting because I grew up, um, my background is Assemblies of God, Pentecostal, right? And while I loved the Pentecostal church and there's nothing wrong with it, I got so much out of those years. I personally grew up with this perspective that that if I messed up or if I did something wrong, I was going to go to hell. And it sounds rough to say. But God had to take me on this journey to show me that he is a God of grace and that he is willing to walk with us every step of the way and forgive us for the things that that we've encountered in life, right? So I know that that that's for us, but that's also for all our sisters that are listening that, you know, I have conversations on the weekends where you often tell me, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did. Yet we have a God that truly loves us. And I love the nugget that she left for us. That's so good, Dahlia. I I love that. And I think that uh, Pastor Julie's statement, she said, if the foundation of your theology doesn't include the goodness of God, 
you may go to heaven, but you'll miss out on the abundant yeah, life that so God good. has for yeah, you. Yeah. And I love that. And that really hits home for me. This is actually a topic that I'm really passionate about. I've seen way too many people be affected by this faulty view of God. And I, I think, too, back on the message that Deb Folletta spoke in last season, uh, if you didn't hear hers, she was amazing. And she talked about how a lot of times that we project the image of somebody who hurt us and we project the face of God onto that. And and that in and of itself can give us a faulty view of who God mm-hmm. is. And so I've done uh, some research on this because I, I really am very passionate about it. And there's um, a new scientific field of study. It's fairly new. It's called neurotheology, which is the study of oh, God in the brain. Cool. Yeah. And so the one of the researchers, his name's Dr. Andrew Newberg, and he studied the brain and when someone believes in an angry God versus when they believe in a loving God. And so when we believe in it, that God is angry, we are more fearful, we have higher mm. stress levels, we're, there's more activity in the brain's amygdala, which is where the we have that risk-fear assessment. Wow. But if we believe in a loving God, if that's the core of our belief is that God is loving, then it reduces anxiety and depression, it increases feelings of security and wow. compassion <laughs> and love. So I love when science catches up to what scripture already yeah. says, right? Because 1 John 4, 8 says there's no fear in love, mm-hmm. right? There's no yeah. fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so we know, we see in scripture that God wants us to be free from this fear and to believe in him as a God of light, life, and love, right? He is love, right? Yeah. He is light in him. There's no darkness at all, the scripture says. And he is life, right? In him, we live and move yeah. and have our being. So if that's the foundation of our theology is God's goodness, yeah. that is going to be the greatest reflection that we can give to those around us. Yeah. We're going to feel it on the inside and we're going to reflect it on the outside. That's so good. good. I love, I've heard it said, what we think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah. And science would agree yeah. with this and um, and our lives would agree with this. And it's so important that we get this right, that we have an accurate picture of yeah. who God is, that he is loving, that he is good. And and I think, wow, I mean, that's so powerful, mm-hmm. Melissa. Well, it's it's easy to say that God is good, right? Um, and to trust him when life is bright and things are going our way, all feels well. Um, but our faith gets put to the test in those midnight hours of life. The the Bible describes Jesus as the morning star mm. in Second Peter one nineteen and in Revelations two twenty eight. Have you ever had to trust Jesus as your morning star in a midnight hour? Yeah, I think back to our adoption journey when I said I'm done with this. Right yeah. when we were about to give up, and even in the process of pursuing the local sibling set, who are now my wonderful children. The door was closed. We had went through the foster training. We we did everything they asked us to do. And then they said, well, actually, because you're not in, in our county, you're in the next county over, we're not going to continue to pursue this. I had already bought you guys Christmas stockings for them with their names on them. Like wow. we were all in, like this was it. And so when they closed the door on our faces, we were just like, okay, we're done. Like I'm done. This has been five and a half years of waiting and praying and hoping and trying and investing finances and all of this to end here. And I just don't have like any more in me. But you know, when we come to the end of ourselves, that's usually a good place to be. But my husband sent one final email and this was not like a rainbows in you know, fairy tale email. This was like Jesus turning the tables Aww. like email. It was like, hey, you say that this is about the best interests of the kids and you're going to like, you know, take away a permanent home, a loving family from them because we're across county lines. 
this doesn't really make sense, you know, mm-hmm. and he just said, you know, please give our family a chance. We've already gone through the process and we've done all all of these things. And just as long as they've been waiting in foster care, we've been waiting to complete our family through adoption. So he sent that email and he CC'd all the higher ups of all the higher ups. I mean, this wow. man was like, we're going to fight for these kids, yeah, even though yeah. I didn't have anything left in me. And so he went ahead and sent the email. And a few weeks later, they said, we reviewed this and we would like to now consider you to adopt these kids and let's go ahead and set up a meetup. And so talk about the midnight hour of when you wow. have nothing left to give and God just comes through when you feel like you're done. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not done yet. So yeah. here's the story in the making. So, wow. I love yeah. that. When it's I think powerful. of all the friends, Carissa, that are navigating this right now, and when they hear this, the impact that it's going to have on them to hold on. Yeah. Hold on even in the middle of those midnight hours. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, I've had them as well. You know, it's just looked different in every season, like staying up with my daughter, making sure that she's okay through the night when her heart speeds up. Or, you know, we, we pastor a congregation and there have been nights where you wake up and you feel that. You feel the weight of it, right? So getting up in those in those hours and just crying out to God and just trusting that he is there, that he is walking you through, that you are holding on to him and um, allowing him to be the one that sheds the light in the middle of what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. Well, I just want to honor both of you for the campus pastor role that you both play because there is a weight to that and a lot goes on behind the scenes that not a lot of people realize the the weight that you're carrying for people. Um, so I honor both of you guys for that that mm-hmm. spiritual weight, for the way that you guys care about people and pray prayers that nobody else but God sees. Thank so you. thank you. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I love it. You know, the 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 midnight hour, it requires a fight, a little bit of a fight, yeah. right? Like yeah. you're saying your 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 midnight hour required you to fight in prayer. Yeah. And you said your midnight hour re- required a very strong worded email, you know, <laughs> but there was there was a fight. And I mean just to think of the blessing on either side of those like we always know God hears our prayers. Yeah. And we al- and 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 what came through on the other side of the fight in that email like your kids are always going to know, like, my dad and my mom, they yes. fought for me. Well, at least their dad did it. <laughs> but the midnight hour comes with a fight. and uh, But I love that God gives us the grace that we need to get through. And that's yeah. why I think he's called the morning star, is that he's graced us for the midnight hour. That he is the shining light yeah. for us when it's dark and it's scary and all hope seems lost. He is the grace that we need to to fight and to, and to move forward. Yeah. Well, my midnight hour, as I said, 12 kids, six years, babies. Mm. I'm, I'm up at a lot of midnight hours. Literal, literal midnight <laughs> my, hour. My literal midnight hour. We have a, a six-month-old right now who uh, is not sleeping through the night. And so I find myself like up in the midnight hours at all midnight hours, feeding her and praying over her and just praying healing over her body and mm. Um, like trying not to overthink like what could be for her future. There's so many unknowns mm. in foster care and dealing with the medical things that she's dealt with up to yeah. this point. And 
you know, that's kind of what my midnight hours look like right now up in the middle of the night, feeding a baby, praying, healing over her life. And we all have midnight hours, but Jesus is our morning star. He's the yeah. grace that that we need to that's to carry so through. I love it. Well, I love the the passage in scripture, Psalm 119, 105, that says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Would love to just hear if there's any verse that God has given you to light up your path. I am a type A planner and I like no. to stick with the plan. Really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> we all need those in our life. Praise yeah. the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. So when Praise God, God changes the plan on me, I'm a little unsettled yeah. by that. Aww. So every reason we moved out here to Florida is different. It's like no longer existent or the plan changed. And so I'm here yeah. at Christ Fellowship. I never intended to work here. I didn't even know Christ Fellowship existed. And <laughs> it's really cool to be here and be like, God, you saw this even when I didn't, you mm -hmm. know? And to be on the other side of seeing and meeting my kids and all of that. But there was a lot when it was in the messy middle of that yeah. before I was awakened to, you know, what the plan was, that it just felt like a blank canvas. And it just felt like, I don't know why you brought us out here because all yeah. our plans fell through. And so this scripture in Psalms 54, 4, it says, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. And just knowing that God knows when I don't know that he upholds my soul, he upholds my life. Like he yeah. is the one who's going to yeah. be there. Uh, to, to in all my tomorrows, right? Yeah. And, and all of the unknowns and all the things that I can't see and can't plan for, that He upholds my life. So that's been a real comfort for me. Oh, I love that. And you know, I, I'm a bit rebellious at times with God. You know, when we're having those honest conversations and I'm struggling with something, I too struggle with change. So I go before Him and I'm like, God, what's up? You know, so I kind of push back. So my verse has been Psalms 51.10, where it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew the right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, but renew the right spirit within me. And sometimes I will sing that song, right? And I will allow it to just sit into my spirit until I can start to feel a shift in my heart where he allows me to fall into good alignment with him and his heart. I love it, <laughs> I love it. Come on, I need to, I need to pray that, that scripture over my life. That's beautiful. I love it. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you both for your wisdom and just being honest about your midnight hour, your steps of, of obedience, and that that hard isn't always bad, but it's made the most beautiful stories in all of our lives. That that really is the truth. We all have hard parts of our life, disappointing, delays, um, but, but God has been so faithful through all of it. And I love that He always is so faithful. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the episodes coming your way. We've got an amazing lineup for season six, but we'll catch you next week on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. Thank you.